So let's prepare our body and our minds. First, your motivation. Have the understanding of what you are doing now is meaningful. Remember the attitude of walking towards the diamond seat, Dorje Dan, the seat of your enlightenment. And let that sink into your being. Let your body pick it up, let your energy pick it up, yet let your emotions pick it up. Feel the body. Cooperative, attentive. In its comfortable yet stable posture. Get to that place where you have a general perception, general feel of the whole body. Feel the whole body, and as you breathe out, feel the body collapsing, entering into a calmer, more stable place, and follow it with your mind. you reach that new depth, that new calm, that new tranquil place, try to remain there as you breathe in. Feeling the whole body as you breathe in, relaxed, comfortable, stable. As you breathe out, feel the body going deeper into that relaxed, stable, comfortable place. Feel those places in the body collapsing, the tensions being released. Follow it with your mind. Just the mere perception of them, of that actual phenomena taking place the releasing of tension, the collapsing of the body, 
into a more stable and calmer state brings the mind into play. Continue for a few more breaths, feeling the whole body as you breathe in, feeling the whole body collapsing as you breathe out, skillfully breathe in, seeking to stay in the new place, the new relaxed place, and allowing the mind to follow join the dance of stillness. So you would stay with the breath this way until you begin to experience what are referred to as the signs of the turning, the mind turning inward, that very turning itself taking place, where you start to hear that sound that coming from only the mind from within, starting to see colors, starting to have sensations starting to have perceptions, sensory perceptions that are not due to some sort of outside perception but rather coming entirely from within. So when those signs come up, stay within that measure of stillness Allow it to now continue organically. The mind and the body continually seeking default calm, default tranquility. And within state gently without disturbing it bring your attention to the space in front of you at the level of your eyebrows and thinking about the means that will help you fulfill the objective of your intention. You begin to sense luminosity. 
in that space in front of you. that presence, that luminous presence, express deepest respect, reverence, <coughs> and in the very expression of that, experience your mind and your body going deeper into a calmer state, a more stable state. Feel the body, both the gross physical body and the subtle energetic body, calming and experiencing the same with the mind. from within that new depth towards that luminous presence express trust take refuge towards that presence express gratitude. presence to the crown of your head. And again, recall your motivation. Know what you're about to do, what you're doing, why you're doing it. And in particular, trust 
due to the refuge that you had taken. Gently feeling a sense of readiness. Bring that luminous presence from the crown of your head into your heart center. And bring your attention to the sense of being protected, as being guided. Stay with that for a few moments. attention to the physical properties of the breath, after discerning the warmth and coolness at the tip of the nose, knowing which one happens either with the in-breath or with the out-breath. Allow that to give rise to a sense of joyful presence with the breath. And take that joyful presence, bring it into the body. And from the crown of your head, soles of your feet, you feel a sense of presence, a sense of readiness. Okay. And again, bring your attention to your immediate surroundings your senses, touch, smell, taste, hearing, sight,
Are you relaxing? Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's been quite a long time. I haven't seen him in a long time. Where have you been? Wisdom. Okay, that's what we're going to focus on. Especially with Mahayana Buddhism, you hear that uh, when, whenever you hear wisdom, automatically you hear emptiness. So when someone is trying to meditate on wisdom, they're trying to meditate on emptiness. And you will end up going in two ways. You end up with frustration because you can't seem to get at it. You can't seem to have an experience that you can call, oh, this must be emptiness. Or you become, using that frustration, you end up creating what you might call a conceptual emptiness and think that you are somehow having some sort of emptiness experience. Uh, emptiness is not what you look for when you're doing wisdom meditation. You don't look for emptiness. If you begin your meditation on wisdom, looking for emptiness, you're going to end up with a conceptual emptiness. And what happens when you end up with a conceptual emptiness? You end up with fear. Uh psychological kind of fear because here you are looking at conceptual emptiness and this is supposed to be the ultimate thing that you're supposed to be arriving at and it's not so exciting I mean conventional emptiness is basically emptying the cup and there you are the conventional emptiness empty this room leave, leave uh, let there be no one in there it's now it's empty of people this kind of empty of people, there's nothing exciting about it. So when you end up forcing your mind, forcing an emptiness to appear, you end up forcing a conventional emptiness to appear, which is basically the absence of stuff. And what's exciting about the absence of stuff? And you might get even more frustrated because of that. And you might think that the ultimate nature of things is the absence of stuff. And that could be psychologically jarring when it seems like you're about to make the conclusion the ultimate nature of things is that there are absence of stuff. Okay. And that's because from the very beginning of your wisdom meditation, and because unfortunately you heard about emptiness, you think wisdom meditation is, from the very beginning, looking for emptiness. Emptiness should always be what you end up with while you're looking for something. And what is it that you're looking for? You're looking for a sense of isness. 
and after the sense of isness, is, because it could refer to looking for the looking at the wisdom in relationship to an object, or wisdom in relationship to a sense of me. Okay, so the isness of me or the isness of the object. There is an appearance, and there is uh, at the same time a sense of of uh, a way of understanding about the isness of this appearance, the appearance of me or the appearance of the object. That's why it is said that first you have to find the object that you need to negate. And it doesn't sound so sexy, finding the object that you need to negate. And because they, it says in the very beginning that you need to negate, you say, well, why, why do I even need to bother to get an object and then negate it? Why don't just, just negate? from the very beginning. Now the reason that they use that term, the object that needs to be negated, is that there's the appearance, there's a sense of the isness that we have, a sense of understanding of the isness of that appearance, and we are looking for it. And as we keep looking for it, looking for it, looking for it, looking for it, we, it's, it's disappearing in front of us. And we keep looking for it. And we, it keeps disappearing. The closer, the harder we look for, for it, at it, the more it just disappears. And then eventually, the very thing that we were looking at, that we're looking, the thing that we were looking for, the very process of looking for it negates it. And then you end up, and that's how you end up with an emptiness. You end up basically empty-handed. So the, remember, the term empty refers to a psychological experience. It refers to a, a cognitive experience due to a search, a search that is done with extreme sincerity. You don't begin by saying, well, this thing doesn't exist, but I'm going to prove to myself it doesn't exist. You don't begin your, you, you, you're not going to find the emptiness that way. As a matter of fact, you have to say they have to find within you that put a part that says this thing exists. You say, oh, okay, let's go find it. So there has to be a level of conviction about the isness, and you have you take that conviction with you in in this journey, basically looking to prove, seeking to prove to yourself that the isness of this thing. And because our understanding is flawed. Because the isness that we think it has, it doesn't really have it. That's why we end up empty. That is, we end up not finding it. And it is the shock of not finding it. That's where the transformation takes place. Because we, from the depth of our being, we fully believe, fully were, were fully convinced that this is the isness of me. This is what I am, really. This is what this thing it really is. And then we basically prove to ourselves, you arriving at a perception where we can't find this thing that we thought actually existed. At first, when you're approaching it, there's a different kind of fear that comes up. There's a fear that well, if this thing isn't the way I think it is, then it must not exist at all. And this 
this expectation that it must not exist at all brings up a fear, the, uh, the fear that it must exist. The fear that I'm going to, by this very process of looking for this thing, I am actually annihilating it. And nothing, no one wants their convictions to be annihilated. And when you are approaching that you're going to annihilate your conviction, that's where the fear comes up. Because we don't have anything to replace it immediately. Take that into consideration. And also, when you're doing meditation on wisdom, do not have a, pre, uh, uh, a presupposed idea about what you're going to find in a sense. I'm going to find the unity. I'm going to find the ultimate union. Or I'm going to find the ultimate uh, whatever, the ultimate substance. That is... That is, that is equivalent to the conventional emptiness <coughs> or conceptual emptiness. And you're gonna, you basically what you're going to be doing at that moment, you're going to impose your understanding, impose your idea of what the ultimate is supposed to be onto what, you're on, on, onto what, what, what you are looking at. Okay. The ultimate is not a union. It's not a. It's not. It's not fa arriving at a place where all everything is one. Okay. And what does it mean? Everything is one. Everything is one. Really means there is this one substance out of which everything is made out of. You, basically, your emotions, your understanding, your perceptions, and the material world. Looking for a union is looking for an ultimate substance that everything is sort of like, oh, this, this thing holds everything together. And the ultimate doesn't mean that the ultimate is the opposite of a, of, of a, of a union, of a unity. You could say the ultimate is what you might call a simultaneity. It's basically the ultimate is a contradiction. You're supposed to be flawed when you arrive at the ultimate. It's supposed to be something that you are you could not even have conceived of once you arrive at it. It is not unit. It's not an ultimate union. And this is going to sound stupid. It is not not a union. So it's not something that you can point to and say, oh, this is what it is. It is a unity. And there's something about it that, you can, that makes you not able to say, well, there seems to be some unity there. Seems to be some union. We just cannot make an ultimate statement about it. That's the ultimate. You cannot make an, any ultimate statement about it. You cannot make an ultimate statement that it is ultimately this or ultimately that. So the only thing that you can say, which, which may not make sense, is that the ultimate is a simultaneity. 
it is something where contradictions are living in perfect harmony. Unity and the multiplicity are living in perfect harmony. Remember, there's a statement where some sutra somewhere, I forgot, where it says, there has never been a time when the four elements did not exist. That means there wasn't a time when there was no four elements and then boom, four elements came up out of that thing. So that means going as far back as you can, you will always find the four elements. You will not find the four elements arriving, arising out of something, ultimately speaking. And also, there is not a point where you can say that, oh, this is what, this was what became mind. The mind was always there. So that's one way of understanding the ultimate is a simultaneity. Okay. So, the meditation on emptiness is not looking for emptiness. It's looking for existence. Looking for isness, and you must look for it sincerely, and you must look for it with intensity. And in the journey, there will be a time when you will come across fear, and you have to examine that fear. Is the fear because you are imposing a conventional understanding of what the ultimate is supposed to be, and you're looking for it, and you can't find it? Or you, you think you are making you're making it up? Or is it because you are arriving at a place where what you thought was the ground is no longer the ground? Where where you're going to a place where that is truly beyond conceptual conceptualization. Then after a while, after you're used to that proper fear, then you start to experience a sense of freedom. So the sense of freedom comes after the fear. But as you are meditating, if you find yourself quickly arriving at, oh, it doesn't exist, and it doesn't do anything to you, for you, not in, it doesn't do something to you emotionally, psychologically, you're not in complete bliss, or you're not in complete fear, terror, that means you are just kidding yourself. You are just having an intellectual trip. Okay. But if you are sincerely looking for, I feel that I exist, and this is how I think I exist, and then you're looking for it, and then you are slowly finding out that, no, it's not that way, then there should be a psychological effect due to that. There should be an emotional effect due to that. And you should feel some sense of, of, of either terror or bliss. Okay. All right. So meditation on wisdom is very easy. <laughs> In fact, that's the problem. It's too easy. Yes, there are volumes and libraries filled with books explaining wisdom. And, and I have to say, <laughs> uh, not to be uh, sacrilegious, but 
these books sometimes confuse us and make us even not able to properly meditate on wisdom. We think that just reviewing what those books say is meditating on wisdom. Reviewing what those books say is reviewing what those books say. Okay. But if you want what arriving at wisdom is supposed to do for you, the transformation, the existential transformation that it's supposed to give you, change your life forever, change your existence forever, then you have to go, you have to go about it that way. Enter into a state where you cannot be disturbed, cannot be distracted, not from outside, especially not from inside. And within that state, sincerely look for what you believe exists. Okay. Sincerely look for it. Don't immediately try to say, well, I'm supposed to arrive at nothing, but let me, or let me just get up and get rid of stuff. Okay. Sincerely look for it. And if you're, starting to, if you're having an emotional reaction to what's going on, then you're doing it correctly. If you're not having any emotional reaction whatsoever, then you're just having an intellectual trip. Okay. All right. Are you ready for the, <laughs> for the fear? <laughs> for the terror? When you first go to begin to have your education, uh, kindergarten is you play a lot. Even though they're telling you they're supposed to be giving you, uh, teaching you profound truth, but that's at that state of mind. That's how you can take it by playing a lot. So, not to be uh, too harsh. It's time for us to stop playing around. Okay. Yes, it's scary. Get in there. Don't be afraid of it. You're going to go through it. Don't be afraid to go through it. It's going to be difficult and hard. Yeah. Whoever said it was going to be easy. That's how it is. When you pour water over fire, it does what it's supposed to do. When you enter the spiritual path, there are times when it's tough. That's how it is. It doesn't mean that that's how you're going to be for the rest of your existence. It just means that that's the stage you have to go through. Okay? So, enough of this flowery meditation, and we're calling it wisdom meditation. Okay? Let's get to real work. It's going to be extremely boring. Can be extremely tough. They are you're gonna have lot you're gonna have sessions, a lot of sessions where it seems like absolutely nothing is taking place. But something is taking place. We're just not aware of it yet. Okay. Alright. Let's do some real wisdom meditation. So bring your body and your mind into a place where you will not be distracted by outside or inside. After a few moments, and you look for it, you know how to bring yourself there. Once you get to that place, relatively, 
then bring a sense of isness, of sense of understanding of isness. And that might take some time to actually see it. That might be the first few sessions you have to do. And once you have that sense, oh yeah, there it is, then the way it appears and the way it seems to be, they should match. Try to match them. Basically, seek to prove the way it appears and the way mm -hmm. you understand it to be the same. spiritual path, when you rush, you delay. When you take your time, that's when you speed up. It's not a rule, it's just how it is. So take your time, bring yourself to that non-distracting place. take you there. And when you start to see those inner signs, hearing those, hearing that sound, seeing those colors, feeling those feelings, and have the confidence of knowing you are approaching that space. And the joy of knowing you're approaching that, the space. And once there, you can just call your name and feel what seems to arise as you call your name, your sense of me. What is, who is responding?
just look at the meditative state itself, the measure of stillness that is there, the measure of ease that is there. the understanding that any sincere open effort to understand truth, reality, to get to wisdom, is endeavor that is, creates incredible positive energy. in the meditation itself. So you can take this store of positive energy, merit, and dedicate it to something that concerns you. a few moments to just rejoice, rejoice in the effort. And slowly come out, first bring your sense of presence into the breath. Bring it there joyfully. Then bring that sense of presence into the body from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. And let that sense of presence be there joyfully. Bringing a sense of readiness and aliveness in the body. same joyful presence into your surroundings. Attend to your senses, sense of touch, smell, hearing, and sight. Wisdom and emptiness, are they the same thing? Wisdom and emptiness, are they the same thing? Yes. No. no. Very good. Okay. You can go home now. <laughs> <laughs>